0: Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. It's so exciting being a Catholic in these months of May and June, where we're typically celebrating the culmination of the Easter season. It's like party time in the Catholic Church. I mean, think about all the great feasts we've had. We've had the Ascension, the Solemnity of Pentecost, and Trinity Sunday, Corpus Christi Sunday, and now the church is getting ready for one other really big feast that spills out of the Easter season, flowing out of the power of Christ's resurrection. And that is the solemnity of the sacred heart of Jesus. And I think this is a great time for us to just step back and think about what mercy is. What is God's mercy, divine mercy, really all about? You know, sometimes we could, as Catholics, sometimes fall into the trap of taking God's mercy for granted. Do you ever do that where you you, you kind of make a little fault you yeah, yeah, yeah. fall into a little sin you fall into a little bit of weakness but you kind of tell yourself oh it's okay I know God's merciful God won't mind and uh and we we sometimes can can take it for granted we we, we don't want to fall into the trap of presuming on God's mercy and that's why I think this great feast of the Sacred Heart of Jesus puts the right accent on what mercy is all about. Uh, I want to open up and turn into Jesus' heart. I want us to see his amazing love for us, what God's mercy is really all about uh, in this episode today. But I got to tell you, as a kid growing up, my understanding of mercy was a little skewed. It was a little bit off. You know, I used to think of Mercy in in this funny way. You know, there was a, a guy uh, that I went to school with in, in grade school, and his name was Dave. And Dave was a friendly guy. He was really kind, but he was also really big and really strong. And if you ever got Dave mad, watch out if you ever crossed dave's path and you got him upset he would wrestle you to the ground he'd pin you down and he would not let go until you cried out mercy and i used to think maybe well maybe is that what god's mercy is about you know we do something wrong we we get god cross we, we we get him mad and and he's gonna punish us. He's gonna make bad things happen to us here on earth. He's gonna make us spend a lot of extra time in purgatory. Maybe we'll never get to heaven unless we cry out mercy. You know, but that's not really what God's mercy is all about. Uh, another way we can confuse mercy is we can think of it kind of like in kids' sports. Do you ever hear of the mercy rule? <laughs> I've ha- I've sadly seen this happen a couple times with one of my kids. Playing a soccer game and they're lose when they start losing by by ten points, then the game is over. They call it the mercy rule. They just have mercy on the on on the losing team and they end the game quickly. God's mercy isn't like that. Uh, I think us as Catholics, I, I think I think we are we are very susceptible to viewing God's mercy primarily in terms of a judge. That we think of God as this judge there up in heaven. And he's looking at all of our sins and weighing our good deeds and our bad deeds. And when we have a lot of bad deeds, he, he would punish us. But then if we cry out mercy, he pardons us. He kind of overlooks our sins and he just pardons us. And again, I don't think that's the full picture, the biblical understanding of mercy. So I, I want to get into it here today. And I just want to make a, an announcement just to make sure everyone knows. Uh, I always bring this up. If you have any questions, you can always contact me on my website, edwards3.com. You can send questions directly to me at infoedwards at gmail.com. Feel free to contact me there. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram as well. So if you have any questions on God's mercy, on the Sacred Heart, this great solemnity, or anything else, Else, you, could, you could send those my way, but let's open up the scriptures now, and I want to turn to one biblical word that gets us right into the understanding of mercy, and that is the biblical word hesed. H-E-S-E-D is how it's often uh, translated in English, but this word uh, is so beautiful. It describes God's covenant love, his steadfast love. You may have heard uh, the Psalms or other parts of Scripture that talk about how God's steadfast love endures forever or His mercy endures forever. Uh, the biblical word hesed kind of expresses this idea of God's unconditional love for us. That no matter what we do, God still loves us. In the Old Testament, we see this where God chose Israel, gave them the covenant at Mount Sinai, gave them the Ten Commandments, made them his chosen people. And yet, even though he liberated them from slavery in Egypt, he, the, the people were unfaithful to him. The people rebelled against him. Uh, The people started turning to false gods and worshiping pagan deities. Now, Now, think about that. And yet, God's love remained faithful to his unfaithful people, Israel. Even though they were not loyal to him, he remained loyal to them. And it was this great love, this hesed love that drove God to come down and become one of us and even take on our sinfulness and, and take on our, our punishment on the cross and, and 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 die for our sins. And so it was his mercy that drove him to reunite himself with us through his death and resurrection. This is God's unconditional love. And I want us to see God's love in this way. Uh, and not think of it, again, like God just pardoning us, God overlooking our sins. But I want us to see that what's driving him to forgive us uh, is is this amazing love that he has for us? Maybe another thing to bring out here is um, I'll give you a little analogy here. I think that gets to the heart of biblical mercy. Uh, I remember years ago, I often like to tell the story uh, of two of my kids. I was watching them play, and they didn't they didn't notice that I was observing, and there was a little two year old that was playing with his favorite little toy. And then an older sibling came up to him and took that toy out of his hands and started to walk away. And you can imagine what's going on with that little kid. That little two-year-old is about to wail. He's about to scream and to cry. And I saw the expression on his face. And I'm staring at this going, okay, that you can't do that. I'm thinking, okay, personal foul, flag on the play, 15 yards, you can't just go up and steal your sibling's toy. But then something amazing happened. Uh, The older sibling, on their own, happened to notice that their little brother was sad. And on their own, they, they felt bad about it. And they wanted to set things right, so they went and put the toy back in their little sibling's lap, gave them a big hug, and said, Oh, I'm sorry. And now I'm staring from the other room, just watching this, like the kids didn't know I was watching. And I was thinking, that's amazing. You know, in one second earlier, I was about to go in and issue discipline. You can't steal your younger brother's toy, you know. So I was going to discipline the older child. But then I saw that the older child already felt badly about what they had done. And already had a change in their heart, and was trying to set things right to make things good again, and already expressed a contrite heart, already expressed sorrow. I, I share that story because I think it captures something about God's mercy, His sacred heart, his divine mercy, the great love that He has for us. See, when we sin, we we you know God notices that. He notices when we do something wrong. But he doesn't see just the facts of our sin. And this is the key thing I want you to take away today. God doesn't just see the fact of our sin. He sees the whole truth of our life. And the truth of our life is a lot more than just the fact of our sins. Now, don't get me wrong. Those facts of our sins, I did something wrong. I, I lied, or I gossiped, or I, I stole something. I looked at something I shouldn't have looked at. Those things... That's a part of us, and we need to deal with that. We need to come to terms with it. But the larger picture is, is, is often more complex. (laughs) You know, that maybe I did something wrong, but there's a part of me that really feels badly about it. And, and I, and I want to set it right. And I want to bring it to confession. And, and I feel, I feel horrible that I fell into that sin. I feel horrible that I hurt this other person. And so I, I I just want to get things right. And and I think on that day, when I saw the older sibling, I, I did see the legal fact. I saw the fact of their sin, but I saw so much more I saw their their contrite heart. I saw that they felt badly about it. They were already sorrowful, and they were already moving to try to bring reconciliation with their little brother and and making amends and and giving him a hug. I mean, as a dad, watching all that, I saw more than the fact of the sin, the flag on the play. I saw the older sibling's heart. And it was a good heart. There was already something really good taking place in there, and I just wanted to go hug my kids. <laughs> I just wanted to give them a big hug. I was like, "This is awesome!" I, I wasn't going to go in and oh, I have to issue discipline now. You know, this is what John Paul II talks about uh, when he when he explains what mercy is all about. John Paul II once wrote um, a great letter about God's mercy, Deus Misericordia, and in this. He uh, he uses the story of the parable of the prodigal son, which I know you're familiar with. But in that parable, if you remember, there is a a father who has two sons, and the older son takes the family property, squanders it, sells it all, sells his inheritance, spends it on loose living and living a sinful life, and ends up becoming a slave uh, for a Gentile master, master because he doesn't have any money to take care of himself anymore. And finally, the the the, the brother, the younger son, the the this, this son realizes oh, I I should go back to my father. And so the younger son goes back to the father and the father runs out to meet him. The father's just rejoicing, gives him a big hug, welcomes him back, kills the fatted calf, and they have a big feast, a big party to welcome the brother home. Well, John Paul II says this about the father in the story. The father sees so clearly the good which has been achieved in his son. Thanks to a mysterious radiation of truth and love, that he seems to forget all the evil which the son had committed. I'm gonna unpack this for you. So, what the son, the father, you know, he, he knows that the son did some horrible things, shamed the family, took the inheritance, lived it, spent all the money of the inheritance, and spent it on sinful living. He knows that the son has done a lot of serious things that are wrong. But the, those facts of his sins don't completely define him. There's more to, to this, this, this son, this prodigal son, than just all of those sins. That the son is starting to have a change of heart. The son says, I should just go back to my father. And, and the son is wanting to take those steps back to the father. To be reconciled, to go back and be with his family. And that's what the father sees. The father sees the good which is being achieved in his son. And 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 he's focused on that good that's taking place in the son, the the contrite heart that that son had. And and that's why the father can rejoice and celebrate and and welcome the son home. That's how our heavenly father looks at us. And, And I'm going to close with this. I want you to think about whatever sin you have, in your life. Maybe there's some really deep sin from your past and you still feel horrible about it. Maybe there's something you're struggling with right now. I want you to see your sin the way the heavenly father sees you. If you take those steps back to the father, like the prodigal son did, if you take those steps back, like right now, you know, if or if you're listening when you're driving, maybe when you, as soon as you get to us, uh, your your home, you fall on your knees and and you just say, Jesus, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I did this, uh, and, and especially especially if it's a serious sin, you bring it to confession. If you take those steps back to the Father, like the prodigal son, the father the heavenly father sees more than the facts of your sins he sees your whole life he sees your heart he sees that you you feel great remorse you have great repentance in your heart he sees that you want to change that you're trying and you want it to be better he sees that you you you, you want to be reconciled with him and the father rejoices in that this my friends is part of what we celebrate In the great solemnity of the sacred heart of Jesus, that we come to know the merciful heart of our Lord and Savior. A heart that's not just the heart of a judge, but the heart of a lover. And and he's so faithful to us, even when we're not faithful to him. And if he sees the slightest move in our heart, the slightest act of contrition, the tiniest steps back toward us, he rejoices in that. And, And he just wants us to keep coming and coming closer to him. So take your sins, your weaknesses to Jesus, take it to the Father, take it to confession and trust in the great mercy, the hesed, the unconditional love that the Father has for you. So, my friends, I hope this has been helpful for you. Uh, if you enjoy this podcast, please share it with other people. If you haven't had a chance to write a review yet, please write a review. Uh, and you can always find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or on my website, edwardsree.com. By the way, I'm to, I'll talk about this a little bit more, hopefully, in the next couple episodes. But I have a brand new pilgrimage I'm doing I just want to let you know about. I do a Holy Land pilgrimage each year, but coming up this year, we are going to have a Holy Land pilgrimage for Lent, a special Lenten Holy Land pilgrimage. Uh, And so I'm just starting to let people know about it. And I've already got about two-thirds of the trip already full, but there's still some spots left. uh, And I want to make sure my podcast listeners know about it. So it's going to be this upcoming, the last week of March. We come back home right on the morning we able to go to palm sunday services but the week right before is when we are going to be entering into jesus's passion walking step by step with him from Calv- from from gethsemane through Jerusalem, the streets of Jerusalem, all the way to Calvary and the Church of the Holy Sepulcher. And then you get to go to your home parish and celebrate Holy Week. And so it's going to be an amazing trip. Go to my website to learn more information, edwards3.com slash pilgrimages. You can find it all, all the information about that trip there. I'll tell you more about it uh, in an upcoming episode. Thanks so much for listening and God bless.